Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hello, and welcome to season three of Heels in the Courtroom. This is Liz Lenevy, and today I am joined by Amy Gunn. Hello. Elizabeth McNulty. Hi, everyone. And for the very first time, we are excited to introduce Megan Crow. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here. Yay, Megan. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. We're very excited to have Megan on. Mary is MIA today, and Erica will be MIA for probably most, if not all, of the season. She recently gave birth, and she's now on maternity leave. We're very happy to announce that both mom and baby are doing great. We are excited for Erica as she begins this I don't know if it's a new journey of motherhood. They already have one, but uh, (laughs) multi-children household. We're excited for her. And we can't wait for her to come back and tell us all the great stories about her new baby. And then maybe also discuss something that I think a lot of women in our industry have to think about, which is maternity leave. But that is just a little bit of foreshadowing for future episodes. Today's episode is going to focus on meeting our newest crew member, the newest part of our Heels in the Courtroom lady gang, Megan. And so, Megan, what we were hoping to do today is just ask you a couple questions about yourself and let the listeners get to know you. So maybe you could just start with, tell us who you are. Yeah, well, I'm Megan. I graduated from St. Louis University School of Law in 2019, and I took the bar in July of 2019. So I have been practicing for a year and some change. I'm from the St. Louis area originally. I'm actually from Edwardsville, Illinois. And I actually went out of state for college. I went to the University of Alabama and came back for law school to home. But I started off uh, working at a large defense firm, and I was there right after the bar until just about a month ago when I came here to Simon. So, Megan, tell us, how did you find yourself in law school? What drove you to decide, I want to be a lawyer, specifically a litigator? So... I think I always knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. It was something that my father first said to me. He said he's not in the field of law. He is in healthcare. But he said that he always wished that he was a lawyer. And if he could go back and do it again, he'd go to law school. And I think he and I have very similar personalities. And I think what would be well-suited for him would also be well-suited for me. So that's when I first kind of got the idea. So that kind of set me off on the path to law school, and then I decided to go to school law. But again, my thinking was that I was going to be a transactional attorney because my skill set is reading and writing, and I thought contracts, that's what I would be good at, transactional law. And so it wasn't really until I kind of fell into my first internship here at the Simon Law Firm that I realized that I wanted to litigate. It was not really on my radar at first that I was going to be even good at being a litigator. And then I had the internship here and realized that, in fact, this was what I liked and this was what I was good at. And so that kind of set me off on the path to litigation. Since I knew that Simon doesn't do a lot of hiring, I wanted to find a place where I was more guaranteed to get experience right off the bat. And so I did OCIs, on-campus interviews at SLU Law, and I got hired at a large defense firm, and they offered me a job immediately 
after my internship ended. And so I took that. And after about a year there, I realized that I wasn't passionate about the type of work I was doing. I loved the people that I was working with. I loved the team that I was on. And it was a great environment to work with those people. But when the pandemic hit and everyone started working from home, you kind of strip that element away and you're left with really the core work. And I wasn't really enjoying it. And I knew from my internship here that I really enjoyed this type of work. And so I wanted to go back to doing something that I was more passionate about. And Megan, I think it's so lucky that you found that out so early in your career. I think a lot of us took a little bit more time to really understand what blew our socks off. So I think it's great that you have had that experience so early on in your career to move into an area of law that makes you passionate. So it's funny that you say that because I was really scared to make this move for essentially the opposite reason. I was told all throughout law school that you have to pay your dues at a place and grind it out for at least five years. And the type of firm that I was at was kind of the place that I thought you had to either work at for five years and then burn out and jump ship or you stay in become partner. And I was really nervous to make this switch because I thought that no one would want me if I didn't have at least three to five years experience. I think it's interesting because a lot of times that's what we want, someone who can hit the ground running. But it's also so much more than that. It's personality, it's desire, it's ambition, it's experience. It's a whole litany of things that are analyze to say, is this someplace that we can see someone being successful? And so I don't have any any doubt that this is a great place for you. And we're so happy to have you here. I already feel like this is the right place for me. I know I've only been here a month, but it feels like home already. Good. And I also think that your decision to is so brave to just kind of step out there and realize that you weren't happy with what you were doing and you were going to make a change. Because I feel like a lot of people in your position would just be like, you know, I get a paycheck, I can stay in the work and I, I don't want to take a leap, especially during a pandemic when you're going to be, you know, figuring it all out kind of on your own a little bit. And so I just want to commend you for that because that, that's <laughs> well, thank so you. brave. It was It was really scary. I will say it took a lot of courage for me to actually send that email. So I guess I'll share the reason that I'm here is because I sent a cold email to Erica asking if there were any opportunities. Really, I just wanted to talk about moving to the plaintiff side. I figured that there were no job openings here. So I just really wanted to talk about moving to the plaintiff side. And it all worked out. But even sending that first email took kind of weeks of me hovering over the send button (laughs) because it it was something that I wanted to do. But again, did I want to leave this relatively comfortable position, especially in a pandemic when I figured no one would be hiring and to, to actually make that move and set myself out there and, and just push one foot out the door felt like it was this huge thing and it was be a tumbling rock and I couldn't go back from there. So it took a lot to get myself there. But once I did, it felt like definitely the right move to make. And I will say this podcast was one of the contributing factors to why I actually made that move. Oh, yay us. 
Would you care to elaborate and, t- and tell the people what, what inspired tell you? Tell the people. <laughs> yeah. Share with the people. So after one year of work at my old job, I had a meeting with my mentor and she asked me about my professional goals for the next year. It's not a hard or unpredictable question, but it really got me thinking. And if I was being honest with myself, my goal was to move to the plaintiff side. I talked to some friends and family, both lawyers and not lawyers, about this decision, like what I said earlier about being comfortable and wanting to get more experience before I I jump ship. But then I listened to an episode of your podcast about when to know if it was time to switch jobs. I think there was actually two episodes that had similar topics. One was about making career moves and, and another was similar. But I listened to the podcast episode and it felt like it was just the universe screaming at me that I had to do this and it was a sign and it gave me one of the last pushes of courage to actually send that email. Wow. I love it. Got chills. Me too. (laughs) So you guys are doing good work on this podcast. I loved listening to it before because obviously I had worked here before as an intern and I knew what a great and empowering and successful group of people this was. So any career insight I could get from you all is what I initially started listening for. And then this When to Switch Careers episode just really put me over the edge. I love that. Before we started recording, I know that we had discussed what are some some topics that we could ask you about. And I started thinking about some of my favorite previous episodes. I think some of those episodes really gave us an opportunity to tell stories and and to let people get to know us more. And actually, frankly, I learned a lot about some of my co-hosts on this podcast through the storytelling opportunities. And so I kind of want to do a little bit of a throwback. So going back to season one, episode 19, we discussed our best days and our worst days. You're still very early on in your career, but what has been your best day so far and what has been your worst day so far? So I will tell you that I remember good days a lot more than I remember bad days. But I will say, when the pandemic very first started last March, those were some really tough days because I remember being at home. I had only been practicing for a few months and being really frustrated that I was at home by myself with no guidance around me and this team and being really angry because I was thinking no one else had to learn how to be a lawyer like this. And it may be easy for people who are already established in their career to continue on their work in a different environment, but it was a little bit harder for me. I think my best day so far was just last week. And so I have been here a little over a month and last week was just my one month mark. And I had a day where I took two depositions and defended one deposition. And I remember going home that day just feeling on top of the world. And I think it's because I already had my first deposition out of the way. I'd never taken a deposition by myself before I came here. And the first one I did, I was really nervous. I didn't really know what to expect. And I got it out of the way. And I think it went pretty well. But I definitely think it could have gone better. And after that, I kind of took notes, what I liked that I did, what I didn't do. And then last week, just last week when I had to defend a deposition and then take two in a row for both the defendants in this case, I felt like I crushed it. And it was just so exciting. I 
I got exactly what I needed to out of the defendants and just that feeling of accomplishment of, I know it, it wasn't making or breaking the case. It wasn't a settlement or a verdict, but just feeling like I did something new really successfully was great. I love it. Good job. Thank you. And good job for recognizing it and for feeling good about it and for patting yourself on the back. I mean, that's what a lot of us don't do very well. It's one of the things we work on collectively and individually. So I'm real proud of you for that. Me too. I'm awful at that. I always think of like the one little thing I did wrong and just really sit in it. So (laughs) I definitely, I get to that point where I, I overthink it and then kick myself for doing or not doing something. But at the end of that day where it was kind of one thing after another, it was a whirlwind day. Afterwards, I felt so productive and very accomplished. So that was the high I was kind of riding. I remember when I was a younger lawyer, one of the very first physician depositions I took after I got done, came back to the office. This was obviously pre-pandemic. I remember going to Amy's office and telling her how it went. And she asked me how I felt. And I said something like, I feel like a real lawyer today. Not every day do I feel like a real lawyer because sometimes I still sort of feel like I'm doing intern work because it was so it was so early on in my career. But that day that I took that deposition, you walk out of there and you're like, I'm a real, like, I'm a grown-up lawyer. I'm an attorney. Mm-hmm. I've, I've made it. So that is a great feeling and definitely hold on to that and remember that one. That is 100% how it felt. It was the first time that I felt like I was doing the lawyer thing. So another throwback question from season two, episode 12, we did one on advice to your younger self. And I know that you're still very young, but what advice would you give to your younger self? My advice to my younger self would be to know that I'm in charge of my own career and to listen to my heart and to not be afraid to follow it. And I say that because when I was offered my last job at the big defense firm, I remember having this feeling of, and this was a valid feeling, but feeling very grateful for that opportunity. And I had a friend who turned down the same job offer that I was offered. And I remember feeling baffled. And I was like, why would you turn down this amazing opportunity? Like they're giving you a gift and you're turning it down. And she had this attitude of, I know my own worth. And I know that if I turn this down, someone else is going to want me and it's going to be more what I want. And I really admired her for that decision It seemed really crazy to me at the time, but I admired her ability to recognize her own self-worth. And I kind of carried that through to me when I decided to make this career change and realized that as grateful as I am for the opportunities that I had prior to this, if it wasn't what I pictured myself doing long-term, I was in charge of my own career. I knew my own worth. I knew that if I went out and had the confidence to search for something else, then I would find a fit that was better for me. Shout out to my friend, Claire. She really made me see that, and that was really valuable. So we have to know what Claire did. She actually transferred law schools. She was at Mizzou, and she transferred to NYU, and she is now working in bankruptcy in New York City. And it is exactly what she wants to do. Wow. Yes. That kind of leads into the next question we've got, which was from season two, episode 20, which is future planning. And so 
now that you have come back to the Simon Law Firm and you are starting your career on the plaintiff side, where do you see yourself going in the next five, ten years? So I actually was really excited to listen to this episode because in the beginning, the way Erica was prefacing the episode, she said that you kind of go from, at least for me especially, I went straight from high school to college to law school to my first job. And I always had that aspect of looking forward to the next thing. And then I kind of had anxiety when I graduated law school of whatever I do next is it. And it was kind of scary. And then I realized that it's important to always be thinking ahead and you're never stuck and you can do whatever you want with your career. And and there's no boring days, of course, being a lawyer. But now that I'm here, I think everything I'm doing pretty much right now is for the first time. It's my first deposition. It's my first court hearing. It's my first mediation, et cetera. And so looking ahead for the next year to two to five years, it's all about refining my technique and honing my skills as a lawyer and just really making it so that by the second and third and 10th deposition and hearing, I'm confident and better. And so really my future plan is to just hone my skills as a lawyer and to become a better attorney. Can I tell you that that is what I wish for every day as well, even 25 years later. So I think you're on the right track. Anytime you feel like you've reached it and you you've learned all you can learn and you don't need to learn anymore. That's what worries me. People that want to recognize and have the humility to say, I can learn something new every day in this profession. So that tells me that you're definitely on the track to success. It's weird going from looking forward to the next place. And now that I'm at a place where I feel like I don't want to or don't have to go to the next thing, it's interesting. It takes a while to figure out what forward planning looks and how it's different from how forward planning looked when I was in college. But it definitely right now feels like it's making myself into the best practitioner that I can be. So Megan, I've got some questions because I, oftentimes what I love about interviews is the journey. And you're still so new into your journey. And you've told us a lot about going to law school and that type of thing. But how did it feel like to go to an Alabama football game? What did that feel like? It's like nothing I could describe. It's it's everyone around you is just pulsing with energy. And everyone is there packed in for the exact same reason. And it just, it's like electrifying. <laughs> Inspiring? Yeah, it feels so huge. It's so fun. It feels like it's the only thing worth doing. Yes, everyone there thinks that it's the only thing that matters in the world. And that energy just kind of radiates off of anyone and makes you so excited to be there, even if you're not a football fan. I never really watched football before I went there. I half joke, but I'm a University of Kentucky fan, so we're kind of enemy. That's right. So, I mean, not necessarily enemies. I mean, SEC girls got to hang together. And the reason I ask, it's not just totally out of the blue. But the reason I ask is because in this profession, you know, when you have things like that, that have 
really inspired you, even if it's just a sport, okay? And I don't mean to downplay sports because a lot of it's really important, but even if it's just a sport, when you're coming together for a common purpose and you're sharing this feeling with people and really it's, you don't even have to talk about it because you were there together and in it together. It does remind me oftentimes of the cases that we have together and the trials we have together. When you're in trial with someone, be it your paralegal or your colleague at work or even opposing counsel, you're in something so unique that you can't really forget it. And more importantly, kind of like Alabama football or UK basketball, you get kind of addicted to it. And you want to get back to that adrenaline and you want to get back to that experience that is kind of rarefied. I completely understand that sentiment and that comparison because even now, although I've not been in trial, even just me and Johnny talking about the cases that we're working on, we get so excited about it. And it's a level of excitement that makes you really passionate about winning the case. And it's something that I hadn't really experienced at my previous job. You want to be the best in the room. You want to do the best job for your client. And who we kidding, folks? You want to win. Just like when you're sitting there watching the tide roll or the cats play, you want to win. And it's that competitive nature, whether you're in trial or in a deposition or sitting in the stands rooting for your team, it's that competitive nature that is so compelling. So tell me, when did you recognize you were a competitive person? Probably when I realized that I wanted to be a litigator. It had to be before that. I don't believe that. Like I said, I thought I was going to be a transactional lawyer. And then I realized after having an internship here that that was going to be completely boring. I was going to hate it. And that desire to litigate reminded me of, I, I was a competitive cheerleader and I definitely had a competitive streak and it kind of reminded me that I am a competitive person and I wouldn't be satisfied doing anything else okay so roll tide go cats we can we can we can be friends we can be friends (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) i know elizabeth and i we're gonna always be together so depends (laughs) i always have said sec's gotta stick together yeah absolutely and i believe that unless i'm playing you and then all bets are off okay so you said that you were um kind of questioning for a while on whether to hit that send button and reach out to erica or reach out to maybe other people that you had connections with in the past to kind of get some advice on where you should take your career and i'm curious what you would say to someone else that might be in those shoes today thinking about reaching out and you know just going in cold what kind of advice you'd give them or what kind of encouragement you would give I would say that even though it could be really scary, if it's going to make you happier, then you have to do it. I was debating it. I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he said, if you know that doing this would make you happier, why wouldn't you just do it? And so that's what I would tell someone else. And all the reasons that I was rationalizing not doing it are completely outweighed by that. What do you do in your free time? Megan, what do you do for fun? I honestly, I'm pretty lame. I read a lot of books. I read probably over 50 books a year. I do yoga, hang out with my friends. I love learning about wine. 
the wine industry. I thought right before the pandemic hit, I thought about doing a certification course just for fun, but then they canceled it because of the pandemic. Pronounce the word because I never can say it right. Sommelier. So that's your fallback. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. That's what I always tell people that my fallback career is going to be becoming a sommelier or opening a wine bar or moving to Napa and running a tasting room. But I'm, I'm definitely, I love learning about it. I have all these wine books and I used to listen to a wine podcast and just learning about the types and the regions. And it's really fascinating. So Megan, thank you so much for letting us pepper you with these questions. And we look forward to having you on future recordings and getting to know you more. And again, thank you to our audience for tuning in. We're so excited to be starting season three. As always, if you have any comments or if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please send them our way to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so we will talk to you then. Thanks so much. Bye. Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you at comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And if you love Heels in the Courtroom, check out the other legal podcasts in the Simon Law Firm Library. John Simon's The Jury Is Out podcast focuses on lifelong learning to elevate your practice and dive into the legal drama behind America's first medical malpractice case against opioid overprescription in Results Don't Lie. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.